1: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well,
0: hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Daniela Cuya and I'm here with...
1: Juliette Sully. Hello. Fantastic, we look good with our um, purple and pink? <laughs> exactly, we're the matching the screen
0: on. behind yes. as well. Purely uh, uncol- uncolour coordinated. <laughs> we didn't discuss it, but hey, let's check in and uh, have a look and see how the markets have closed because everything was roaring along mm. until the RBA tried to ruin our
1: party today. And, Although uh, I think it's interesting that um, we actually, Hien, do we have the chart? Okay, we apparently don't have the chart. But um, I think it's really interesting that we did start to see a little bit more momentum coming back in the afternoon. There was sort of obviously that dip yeah. after the RBA minutes uh, and then a little bit further up in 2.30 and then we're kind of closing oh, towards there we go. those lows, aren't we? The SIBO yeah. 200, uh, 4 tenths of 1%. Consumer stocks certainly got uh, sold off after those RBA minutes.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, And I'm just looking at the ASEX 200. That's up about 29 points or 0.4% at 7,055. But yes, and maybe we should move on to the three themes because the RBA minutes really captured the mood of the market mm. after 11.30. And uh, I was chatting with Paul Bloxham at the time. Yeah. And he definitely noted that the tone had changed about sticky services mm. inflation. They really, they don't want to budge on reaching their target you know, inflationary target by the end of 2025. And we did see a reaction in the currency as well as the equity markets. And as you say, some of those interest rate sensitive stocks, consumer yeah. discretionary, well,
1: they were sold off as a result. Indeed. So I think just a lot more hawkish than, than what people were expecting. We can get Martin Krabs' take on it in a moment. Um, it is also AGM season. Let's just bring up those th- th- three themes, AGM Avalanche. Um, today we had the likes of Telstra, we had uh, Newcrest Mining, Hub24, Rio Tinto. Uh, Rio's quarterly, quarterly update was well. up really yeah. was quite interesting. Um, and then of course we're looking ahead to, to more quarterly numbers coming through from the US as well.
0: Absolutely and uh, the big move is potentially Tesla I do know that no one is expecting a good result for this mm. quarter it is a weak quarter but also they've had quite a few price cuts that have come through and I think their, their actual volume numbers aren't as great. Netflix So I'm sure people will be looking to that one to see what's happening there in terms of whether or not their advertising Mm. is working. And even though they don't like to cite their new customer acquisition, you know, subs. I think this is the quarter
1: as well where they stopped the sharing of passwords so you know oh, when yes. you know dad had a passport and a passport password <laughs> and all the kids and cousins and everyone was using it now you got to go <laughs> buy your own so i, I think- thought a family could have one a family can, but I'm talking about a dad yeah. with adult children and the like. That's that why work. my son was going. Yeah, he was over in Colombia going. I can't get internet. Netflix. He
0: now has change. to. He wants
1: it. Has to pay for it himself. So I think that will be interesting as well. I might see a, a pickup. And if people are worried about a recession and yeah. everything, then they're staying home and you know Netflix and chill. We won't get into the chill part. All right, let's have a look at some of the uh, movers in terms of the sectors as well. The banks today. Uh, the ANZ up by about 1%, as was NAB Westpac as well. CBA just off that slightly. Yeah,
0: and green on screen for them. Also energy, we did see some strength pretty much across the board, with the exception of Woodside, which is a little bit weaker, although not really setting the world on fire. I think they were a lot stronger yesterday. And, uh, uh, yeah,
1: let's have a look at Newcrest. We touched on that. They did report an over 18% slide in their quarterly gold production. That was hurt by maintenance shutdowns in the period. Um, looking at what they produce, copper output, 30,624 tonnes. And, of course, that Newmont takeover, Danny, expected to occur uh, on Melbourne Cup Day.
0: Yeah, I had a really interesting chat with Tim Reardon from Blackwater Partners just saying the way that they're going to structure it is that when it's listed in its combined format, it's going to come back as a mid-cap in Australia and they're looking at that because it is going to capture a whole lot of major, mm. you know, fantastic international large-scale gold assets but for some reason it's the way that the split between the US and uh, Australian listing. But also ARIA reported um, a marginal 1.2% rise in their third quarter iron ore shipments and copper output was up 5% and aluminium output up 9% and Pilbara iron ore unit cost guidance was maintained. That stock was firmer today, but it's also worth noting that we actually had quite a lot of strength in terms of the iron ore futures over in Singapore. I think they're up to 120, 120, Yeah, Yeah. again defied everybody's expectations. And the stock of the day today was Rio Tinto. So let's check in and see what our two guests had to say.
2: On you know, what your cost base is and whether you've got to pay tax, the dividend's not particularly high at the moment. I think there's better things to invest in.
0: We have a rule that basically we look at any investment through a lens of something that we call best expression. So, the best expression principle is that before you make any investment, to look at it, to sit back, to distance yourself from your research, and to say, is this the best possible use of my money? And you get a reasonably valued, fully frank dividend yield from Rio Tinto. Or you could just go and buy a diversified ETF that probably has similar predictability, probably more predictability on the dividend and similar type of growth prospects. So we would take that bet over Rio or BHP, um, and
2: that's what we do. Yep.
0: So if I did, so just to give you an exact answer, if I wasn't sitting on a big taxable gain here, I would sell and I would move into an ETF. If I was sitting on a, uh, a gain that would be crystallized, I'd be very mindful of that, and I'd probably just be happy to hold. That was an interesting take in terms of uh, moving into an ETF product rather than Mm. stock picking. But, hey, let's move on to the special guest this afternoon, which is Martin Crabb from Shore & Partners. Martin, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
2: Good to be with you, Danny.
0: So did the RBA, are they going to spoil our Christmas party? Are they going to spoil Melbourne Cup Day?
2: I don't think so. Um, I think all they did was reiterate the fact that they've left the door open for another hike, which we've all, we've always known. It's not new news. The futures market, the bank bill futures market, did move sharply higher on the back of it. It hasn't quite traded through all the SFE contracts yet, but certainly the bank bill futures have now priced a hike in. So we've always thought that November was was a risk, um, but the key is just going to be a CPI yeah. on the 24th 20- fourth or fifth Fifth, i think 25th of october so the market's hovering around this one and a quarter 1.3 level if it comes in hotter than that because the monthly the monthly is volatile but monthly's been a little bit higher than people thought just this you know nagging sort of services inflation that everyone's talking about Mm. if that's persistent then they have zero tolerance as they said in their minutes for a re-emergence of inflation so if it doesn't come down you know, and we see a 5.2 or a 5.3 annualised, then they'll they'll go again. But it is a case of probably one and done. It's not like they're going to be on a path of of more. And you can see from the bank bill futures that that goes out to 20 the end of 2026, and we're still at above four. Mm. That's what the market's saying. So. We're on we're on hold for years, you know, yeah. not, not just months.
1: I think that's the part people are forgetting, isn't it? The yeah. longer part and how much pain there could be. Yeah. If people are already starting to dwindle down their savings. Um, yeah. Let's move to the third quarter U.S. reporting season. Yeah. Like it was always expected to be a little bit tepid. We can mm. move that chart off yen. and um, it was always expected to be a little bit tepid, but potentially there will be a small pickup. I guess it's looking forward to the fourth quarter. But have you been sort of positively surprised by what we've seen so far?
2: Yeah, not as positive surprised as I'm going to be because if I look at what economists have been doing, they've been upping their forecast for GDP, real GDP. In fact, the Atlanta Fed put a thing called GDP Now together which looks at real-time measures and that's tracking over 5%. That's a real number. So let's add 3.5% inflation on that. They're looking at an economy growing at 85 So according to analyst consensus, it's about 6.5% nominal mm. growth. Just remember that, you know, people quote GDP, real GDP, so you've got to add inflation on top of it, whereas earnings are obviously a nominal. So we have seen a little bit of a tick up in that black line, Juliet, which is just the last few days. So put in JP Morgan, Citi, you know, United Health, some of the other beats that we've seen. And we've seen the market move from Q3 is going to be negative year on year, to Q3 is going to be slightly positive. But the economy is going to be massively more positive. So I think there's a lot of room for catch up. So of the companies that are reported already, and there's not a lot of them, they're beaten by 10%. Mm. So we're going to see a much, much stronger quarterly reporting season than the market's predicting. And that's not uncommon. They tend to under and then over-deliver in their states. We've been, we've been watching this movie for a long time, Danny, haven't we? <laughs> sure. Every quarter they it's do it. It's called
0: millennial earnings season because <laughs> everybody gets a prize. For that's <laughs> right,
2: that's right. Everyone participates. puts Participation yeah. trophy, yeah. So I'm actually really bullish on this on this earnings season, Juliet.
0: All right. Oh, that's, that's yeah, it's interesting. That's crazy, though, that GDP figure that forecasts, isn't it? That's well, super that's, high. Well, that's, the,
2: the economy's strong. It's telling you the a economy's strong. A it must
0: be fiscal spending, though.
2: Yeah, but, but it's the resilient consumer as well. Oh, that's resilient consumer. I mean, people are running down their savings, but they are spending their savings. I, right?
1: I'm yeah. not convinced, yeah. sorry. Well, no, because I was reading, uh, and I think it was a Reuters forecast, or maybe from factset but... The consumer staple sector is supposed to outperform in this earnings season. So if you're expecting a recession and people are still out there spending, then that means that two things aren't aligning, right? Yeah. Or, you know, as we've been kind of seeing, the data is holding up better, the economy is holding up better than, than we mm, need Yeah,
2: but stress. it's definitely two speeds. So one of the, yeah. one of the things today was back call. that stock was absolutely smashed today AGM came out with the trading update and got absolutely belted because they're in the discretionary side of spending Mm. so we saw with Stocklands uh, quarterly yesterday as well that they run a lot of shopping centres obviously and and food and and that sort of stuff up nine percent year on year but apparel and home goods down 12-13 so depending on which part of the economy you're in you can be you know absolutely flying like food retailers Albeit a lot of it's inflation, yeah. mm. or if you're in the discretionary end, you're getting smashed, which comes back to this narrative that 15 percent of households can't make mortgage payments at the moment, mm. so they ha- they have to cut back on spending. They don't have a choice. Mm. And if you think
1: that's pushing out to 26, as you say?
2: Yeah, it's going to be a long winter for some of those households. Head, yeah. Yeah,
1: mm, yeah, Exactly. Now,
0: what's happening with um, commercial mortgage-backed securities? The spreads. So uh, we've also got. You don't have that chart. Oh. Okay, well, I walk about.
2: <laughs> at our weekly investment meeting, we look at a whole bunch of measures and we yeah. look at credit spreads like yeah. a lot of people do and just looking for warning signs. So the yep. credit markets are usually the canary in the coal mine for the equity market. If mm. you go back to the GFC and all that sort of stuff, the credit markets were screaming, um, you know, yeah. screaming alarm long before the equity market. So we watch the credit markets very slow, very closely, but they're not really showing a lot. If you look at just like triple B credit spreads in the U.S., which are you know the lowest form of investment grade? The spreads don't look out of whack, and then if you look at the banks' balance sheets, their loan arrears aren't really going nuts. But there's one sector of the market that looks scary, and that's commercial real estate, and in particular com- commercial oh, mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, yeah. so. They're trading at a fourteen percent yield premium to treasuries. Fourteen percent, one thousand four hundred basis points. So most of the most of the triple B stuff's like five or six hundred. This is fourteen hundred. So it's not quite GFC levels. I think it got to six thousand points during, you know. So a sixty percent yield premium. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're at a we're at a fourteen percent yield premium at the moment. So that's just one na- number, Danny. That just really sticks out. Everything else looks benign or or you know as typical as you would get at this point of the cycle, Mm. even heading into a recession and yet that one measure. So I just think that's just something for people to watch out for. Mm. Is there gonna be a deterioration in in commercial real estate? And you know, it's it's mostly office people just not coming back to work the way they're supposed to. And that's going to maybe put pressure on some of the banks. Mm.
1: Although we mentioned today there was a lot of people in the office, wasn't there? There must be a spike in oh. Tuesday that if you if you only have to work one day a week, Tuesday's the day. Tuesday's the day. Tuesday,
0: but this morning was crazy. It was almost 10 minutes to get out of the station Oh, it was so morning. long to
1: get a coffee too. Well, those <laughs> of us that come in every day should get priority straight to the top of the queue. <laughs> exactly. Martin, thank you so much. Martin Always Crabb from Sure and Partners. All right, let's have a look at um, the leaders and laggards now in terms of which stock moved higher. Cromwell Properties up 10.4%, TPG Telecom up by about 6%. Uh, Megaport, I think that That was was, done yesterday. Um, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I saw a story about that too. And now it's just escaping my little brain but um, it was one that did rise. We'll have to find that for you a bit later. And uh, News Corp up by 3.9%. Yeah, there's an activist investor sitting on that
0: one. And Babcor, which we were, in terms of the laggards, we were just discussing that one. Consumer discretionary in the car space, automotive space, obviously leading to the downgrade there. Brain Chip off by 6%. GUT might have caught a little bit, GUD, excuse me, down 3.6%. Imogen and Palladol paladin energy paladin's actually been a little bit weaker of
1: late mm-hmm. bit and of profit i think taking. Um, gud so it bought oh, that European automotive yeah automatic light distribution for 12 million dollars oh. RVX and i remembered megaport it wasn't so much a story it was just that those tech players you know were, were, the, were the standouts today all right let's have a look at the small end of town daisy and gold up by 20 percent vulpara Tech up Quarterly, 18. quarterly yeah. results there. They had some decent results. And then uh, race oncology
0: up by 8%. And meteoric resources going meteoric. Newfield resources down 22% and Horizon Gold and Highfield off by about 12%. And I don't know any of the others. So we might just skip through those ones. And uh, yeah, let's have a look at what is happening overnight. So quite important, some really big um, mm. earnings coming out of America and... we've got Bank of America, Goldman's as well as J&J and United Airlines but we've also got some
1: macro jewels. Yeah, retail sales and industrial production so really interesting to give us a a clearer pulse check of course on the overall economy and then a really big day tomorrow particularly when it comes to that China data dump so the third quarter GDP, retail sales data industrial production, all of that uh, hitting the wire so that'll be very key for our market.
0: Absolutely and then going into the UK they'll have their CPI and PPI which we might get tomorrow afternoon and the US will have the Fed Beige Book Housing Starts and Eurozone CPI so certainly enough to keep everybody busy as well as this uh, AGM period which is giving the markets some updates but before we go let's just check in and see how the SIBO is closed which probably is the same up 4.71 points or three tenths of a percent and And also the ASX 200 up 29 points, or four tenths of a percent. And a big
1: day tomorrow because, of course, at our last virtual investor event, we asked if you were interested in adding alternatives to your portfolio. Nearly 70% of you said yes. So we're bringing together expert asset allocators to share how they build a portfolio in a space that has traditionally been out of reach for retail investors. We've also got managers from funds right across the spectrum of alternatives.
0: And join Koshi for Essentials Alternatives. It's happening on the 18th of October tomorrow from 11am Eastern Daylight Time. It's free to register. You can can see the full agenda at ausbiz.co slash essential. And just to note that a lot of the strategies and products being discussed are only suitable for wholesale or sophisticated investors. Well, that is it for us today. It's been a busy
1: day, it hasn't has. it, Jules? will be another busy one tomorrow with um, the reaction to those big cap num- uh, stocks coming through with their earnings and, of course, the China data.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, join us because uh, not only are there a lot of great interviews to catch up on today on the website but we will be joining you bright and early of course to run through all those uh, great news stories coming out tomorrow have a great
1: evening see you then